the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Friday, January 8th, 2021. Uh, It's a delight to bring back a good friend and occasional uh, guest host here, of course, and uh, guest, John Gabriel. He's the editor-in-chief of Ricochet, ricochet.com. Great stuff over there. He writes for the Arizona Republic, uh, one of the saner or maybe the most sane voice in mind and writer over there. John, um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, we thought that it might be mellow after a crazy 2020, but uh, this week has proved that uh, theory wrong. We made it five days, I think. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. did, did you see the meme on Twitter? Did you see the meme of uh, Heath Ledger's The Joker showing a, a clown on the... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. All right. uh, one, one more piece of uh, ancillary business because... Before we get to your latest piece, Politics Will Never Save You, You Need to Save Yourself, which there's a lot in it. It's signed, or your tagline, by John Gabriel, comma, E-D. And I had to read that a couple times because I almost thought it was going to be comma, E-D-D. Yeah. And that you were now calling yourself a doctorate of education. You're the king of stuff. Is that bigger? Is that what your appellation is? The king of Is that bigger than a doctor of education? Or It is. It's actually bigger than Dr. the Reverend Dr. Jill Biden, MD. Okay. Um, yeah, king of stuff, I think. KOS? It means I cover everything. All right, so, uh, <laughs> so you need to do John Gabriel, comma, KOS. Yes. That's a great idea. I will uh, add that as soon as the call is over. Yeah, and then and then you have to insist, or your wife has to insist, that we call you King King Gabriel, like <laughs> right. Doctor or King John. I don't think I'm going to uh, get to call her that. She doesn't <laughs> okay. make me call her princess. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, I'm never going to outrank uh, the real boss in this situation. I, I understand. I understand. Politics will never save you. You need to save yourself. It's an enticing uh, headline in and of itself. The piece is even more so. Um Biden might have mouthed the word unity in November, but whenever he gets the chance to act on it, he refuses. On January 7th, he decided to stoke racial grievance again by talking about the difference he thinks a BLM protest would have been handled were the uh, storming of the Capitol that we saw this week. Double down today. Today he compared to Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley to Joseph Goebbels. Uh, right. if, if this is the idea of unity... Um, we're not in the same dictionary. No, no, and he's never been a unifier throughout his uh, close to half uh, century in office in D.C. Um, he's never been a unifier, and he always goes for the cheap shot, uh, just as many of us said when he was pretending that unity was on the way. We knew that he wouldn't, and what was so frustrating, too, with him and his uh, Veep candidate, uh, Kamala Harris, um, both of them basically kept reiterating what we probably all saw all over social media and all over the cable news is that, wow, the Capitol Police would have used a heck of a lot more force yeah. had this been a BLM protest. Right. And no, if it were a BLM protest uh, at the Capitol, you know, what what happened when BLM tried to climb the gates of the White House is they got a name 
named out or a street named after them. Right. That's how they were treated. Uh, you did not have uh, five deaths involved. Uh, you had kid gloves treatments. Uh, Starbucks were burned to the ground. Churches were set ablaze. Statues were toppled. And uh, basically, we were all told, oh, well, you just have to accept it because they're fighting the good fight for whatever reason. And there would be marches across the country saying, say, Ashley Babbitt's name, I think, too, probably. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, it is a stoke, stoking of a racial grievance, which is its own point, but it's part of your larger point, at least as I read it, that I think is really well stated. And I want to kind of integrate it and bring it back to that, if I can, in a second, where, you know, you you hear the Peggy Noonans of the world, and I suppose she speaks for an entire class of analysts who says we're looking for politicians to bring us together to look at the long run, to look at the to play the long game. You're absolutely right, though, when you write that none of these elected leaders, at least on the on the on the primary stage, none of them are interested in calming waters. They are ratcheting everything up just to win the day's news cycle, which which I think is eminently true and exhausting. Um, It's this kind of exhaustion that I think leads people to cynicism and worse. But you're absolutely right there. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, by any any fair reading, are no more interested in the long game than than any Republican is. They're trying to win this news cycle. And I was quite frankly a little astounded. Joe Biden went to the race race thing uh, yesterday and again today. I, w- I was a little surprised he did. Uh, why does he need to? Because it's the day's yeah. news cycle, right? He doesn't right, need to. and that's the thing. Yeah. It was such a layup for him, yeah. as they say in basketball. It was the easiest play. You have so many uh, Republicans denouncing uh, this uh, breakdown of comedy at uh, Capitol Hill, right. and uh, it would have been so easy for him to say, oh, all of us Americans are getting together and condemning this together. Yeah. All violence is bad. We're all in this together, and this is a moment where we can unify. It would have been so easy. It would have been a real layup, uh, you bet. You bet. Right, right. I could have written it out with predictive text on my iPhone, you know, a better statement that he made. But instead, he was like, oh, great, another opportunity to divide Americans, uh, to remind half the country that they're all deplorable racists and that I'm on the side of angels, and if you disagree with that, you're a bad person and should be Joseph drummed out of polite society. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's absolute insanity, and by doing that, he hurt his own cause. So, <laughs> again, it was so easy for him. If you wanted to get a couple quick bills through Congress in the afterglow of this unifying message, even if he didn't mean it, he could have done that so easily. But instead, he sent everybody right back into their partisan trenches, and we're back in the fight again because he just decided to insult half the country yet again. Now, do you think he's doing this because he's inept or let me put it differently, John. Do you think it's his in, it is his ineptness that led him to go here or do you think he and his advisors believe that they have to pacify a radical left to maintain their own credibility? I think everything they do is about pacifying an angry left, the very far woke progressive left. You know, you and I both know Democrats who are like, well, I want a kinder, gentler tax cut. You know, (laughs) they're within the bounds of discourse. But I thought it was very interesting, like the month before the election, what do you know? All these Democrat-led riots stopped. They kept quiet, and now they want their payment. They said, yeah, we, we shut it down because it was hurting you politically. Now fork over the critical race theory goodies that we want. 
And um, so, yeah, once again, it's just taking, making the wrong choices again and again and again. And however long Biden is going to be in there, when he stumbled out to make that statement, I was like, oh, my gosh, it looks like he's aged uh, three years yep. and three months. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it just does not look good, and it shows that he doesn't want unity. And that's kind of, and I think it's easier for us living in the Mountain West. We have an independent spirit already, and I just think too many conservatives and Americans in general look for our hope, hey, if we just get the right people in office, it's all going to be better. And no, uh, we the people make America great right here on the ground. We do it right here in Arizona. We do it in Montana. We do it in Kansas. Wherever you might be, we, we are the salt of this country. We are the ones keeping it together. And uh, we don't need to ask Washington for permission. Just understand that politicians are focused on the next election, not the $27 trillion in debt, not that we've had troops in Afghanistan for 20 years. They're looking at the short term. We, getting together in our communities, we can change the world. We can make America great again, whoever's in the White House. And uh, I'm not sitting around waiting for permission from uh, Washington, D.C. to make that happen. It's kind of a weird thing. Uh, yes, there's a lot in there. I'll come to that in a second, too, if you have the time, uh-huh. John. Do you, do you have some time for me? Or do you got to Yeah, run? sure do. Yeah, good. Because I don't know if this has struck you or not, but it's the first time in my life it struck me um, where – I keep reading we're waiting for a leader to heal us, to bring us together. And, of course, that's been said for 80 years, Um, you know, bring us together. I think even Nixon ran on one of those uh, labels once. There's something about self-government that should push up against that a little bit, shouldn't it? Isn't there something about self-government that we don't – it's not my president or my political leader – who I who I need to bring us together. It, it it's perhaps something Irving Crystal once said. If you believe in self government, you better have selves worthy of governing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it was a John Adams said. You know, the Constitution was written for a moral right, people, right? And that doesn't mean you need to subscribe to my version of religion, whatever right. that might be. Right. It means decent people. Yeah. You know, you have to wake up on time in the morning and get to your job. You got. Yeah. You got to take care of your family. You got to keep look out for your neighbor. This is what we all need to do. Uh, when you have limited government, it's limited, so you have to get the immediate things in your immediate periphery. You need to get those things done, and that way the government doesn't need to quote unquote save you, and uh, will just make the problem worse. And I think we have a great opportunity here with so many disaffected people, even so many people who voted for Biden don't like the guy. It's like, hey, why don't we work together? We've seen it during. Uh, hey, hey, John, hold that thought. That, can you hold oh, yeah. it right there? Because I got to hit this hard sure break, can. and we'll we'll pick it up right on the other side. We'll be right back with more from John Gabriel. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Delighted to have uh, Editor-in-Chief of Ricochet, John Gabriel, columnist for the Arizona Republic, with us on his uh, piece and podcast, Politics Will Never Save You. You Need to Save Yourself. Uh, John, um, one of the aspects of this I wanted to get your take on is you're you're, you're right in, in naming and outlining several big things we can't seem to ever really get our hands around and fix, no matter how many levers of power we have. You mentioned, of course, the debt, troops in Afghanistan, and that sort of thing, to, to be sure. 
Um, and and then, of course, you counsel that um, I'll, I'll quote your words. My humble suggestion for all Americans is to detach yourself as much as possible from governmental dictates. You're not counseling a retreat from politics so much no. as no. right. So much as an involvement right. in your communities to build the the political from the culture up as i read you is that right, right? E- exactly yeah we can't retreat from politics and that's uh I, there was a pretty popular book called the benedict option yeah. by roger Ayer of the american conservative yeah and uh, a lot of people misunderstood it um as hey we need to retreat and hide behind our walls and we can't do that and his book did not recommend that um instead what we need to do is uh open our doors and go out and meet our neighbors and work with them and support our small businesses, especially with all this lockdown craziness the past year. Many small businesses that we were already working with, um, you know, buying their stuff and hanging out at their coffee house, whatever, they only survived because they built networks among themselves and then built networks with people like me, you know, giving them free advertising wherever I can, um, giving out their products as gifts. Um, these are all uh, ways that we can work and just totally bypass what Washington wants to tell us to do, especially with Democrats running the show for the next two years. So, but meanwhile, you know, local politics is crucial. And yeah, get out there and vote and root for your candidate and fight for him like crazy. But just understand that's part of our job. <laughs> if we want to be a moral, resilient republic. We need people who are making sure that they're taking care of their community. They're helping out each other um, here on the local level, because as we all know, um, government, uh, you know, is not going to fix this by mailing out a check every six months. You know, it's only going to work if we're out there helping our neighbor, having them help us when we need to step up. When people are shut in and the government won't let them leave, if you're living in a place like California or something, doing all you can to connect with them. So, Politics is important to be involved in. It just can't be the only thing we're involved in because uh, everyday life, uh, building some kind of self-reliance and even like a community-based self-reliance, um, Washington, they'll find out they don't have a job to do, and uh, that's the best way to shrink government. It, it is. Agreed. When we can do for ourselves, right? But but do you yeah. think that there's an element or an essence to some of the shutdown, lockdown mentality that was, I don't know if I want to say deliberately or arti- uh, or 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 just kind of unraveled this way. It just unfolded this way. <clears throat> that was that was that that was put as an impediment to all you recommend. I mean, we have been told again and again: limit family gatherings, limit outings, report on neighbors who don't. Um, in other words, while while you and I believe in this notion, first brought to us, I guess, by Tocqueville of little platoons right. and and exercising and expanding those, we have several authorities throughout the states that are telling us um, no. They are telling us they want us isolated, which not only affects the family and the communitarian thing you're talking about, but shuts down a lot of those little businesses you and I are trying to help. Yeah, it sure does. And, uh, Let's just say I haven't been strenuous in my obedience to a governmental dictate. Okay. Because I okay. think my family is far more important than my government. And it's a little easier here <laughs> to be sure, too. I mean, we don't exactly. have the problems that California, exactly. Michigan, New York have. Right. Right, right. And that's the thing. If you're living in California, you're in living like in a real big city area, one of the big city centers, um, it, this is going to be much tougher for you to do. Yeah. 
But there's a big reason why I did not accept a job in D.C. when I had several chances in the past. There are reasons I, you know, chose the employers I did. I might have gotten more money at such and such a place, but I would have been subject to corporate politics, which would have probably canceled me a couple of years ago anyway. <laughs> so there are sacrifices that you need to make, but if freedom is important to you, do as much as you can. And a lot of this has just been what I've been doing for eight years now, and I just add a little by little. Uh, one thing, I'm famous, especially on Twitter, for being such an introvert. <laughs> I just right. live in a cave somewhere in the middle of the desert. But, um, yeah, so it's not easy to do, uh, to reach out, but, boy, it's valuable. And uh, just, to, just to be able to help out people without involving government or social agencies, to go out and meet with people, try to meet their needs, have them help me out when I need a hand, um, has just been absolutely invaluable. And uh, it's kind of built these little communities where if someone gets sick, there's someone to bring on a meal. If someone is uh, in isolation, locked up for two weeks because they might have been exposed to COVID or whatever the rules are, uh, someone can at least uh, visit them, you know, sit beside the window, if nothing else. So there's a lot of things uh, we can do and also... I have a lot of friends and kind of uh, informal social groups that may or may not have been meeting through all of this. I understand. I certainly couldn't confirm or deny. I understand <laughs> but, what you're saying. But again, it's like, i sorry, I believe friends and family are far more important than the government is. I do what I can, you know, when I walked into the grocery store, I got my mask on. But what a sad do, thing, but, yeah. I, in a way, I just can't let that thought go. What a sad thing to think that... Uh, that we have to have a, 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 a church gathering or a Bible study the way in, in America in 2020 or 2021, the way Jews would have had to have celebrated Passover in the Soviet Union in the 70s. You know, we, we, yeah, you, you know, that, that 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 is something that needs to be talked about and resisted. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I have talked with many people um, at my faith community um, and contingencies have been made. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Try to be as subtle as possible here. But it's one of those things, everybody has their own moral calculus. Yeah, and, sure. You know, like say I was much older in a nursing home and I figured I had a couple of years to live only anyway, I'd be breaking out of the joint as best I could. You I know, agree. if I was, if I yeah, was I like, able to, I'm it was you. like, I'd rather spend a year and a half with my family than two years locked away and forgotten in some kind of soulless yeah. nursing home. So yeah, yeah, it's back to that C.S. Lewis thing, learning, right, in the life in the atomic age. If you're going right, to die, right. die doing something noble and, yeah. Exactly. 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 Well, John, you're great, and I wanted to wish you a happy new year. There's a lot in this uh, short piece of yours and in, in what you uh, what you say, so I uh, wanted to propel it just a little bit here ricochet.com folks you betcha and uh think about uh what you want to put after that comma i think kos i think you should yeah i think kos yeah because the ed thing is just confusing what does that mean you didn't get the doctorate (laughs) you just got the masters yeah (laughs) yeah it's like an m phil degree i don't know what to call (laughs) god love you john gabriel we'll talk to you You soon all right 602-508-0960 your show all the way out happy to take your calls we'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. By the way, speaking of uh, inspiring tales, uh, the incredible journey of Herman Cain is one of them. Poured a CEO 
is the documentary about his life. It's really one of the most inspiring films that um, we saw come out over the past year, and it's available now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com, the story of Herman Cain, how he rose from the humblest of beginnings to become uh, someone who bestrided the world stage, ran for president, CEO of a major corporation in America, uh, great, great career in radio. Uh, yeah, there's another person who had three careers or more, one might say, right? Uh, we were talking about that the other day. Herman Cain, the uh, poor to CEO, the incredible journey of Herman Cain, available at SalemNow.com. Make sure to use the promo code PHOENIX to save 20%. Mike is in Scottsdale. Hi, Mike. Hey, Seth. How are you doing? I'm well, sir. How are you? Well, I'm frustrated, disappointed, uh, broken-hearted. I don't know. Yeah, I, I get that too. Yeah, <laughs> depends on the minute, uh, I suppose. Yeah, it it does. Uh, so I, I just want to ask you talk a little bit about going forward and that sort of thing. But did you have you seen the uh, the column in the New York Post by uh, I think it's Miranda Devine? I, I I usually read her, so it's possible I saw what you're talking about. But what was it about? So sometimes well, I miss it. it. Sometimes I miss it. it it's basically what she said, and what she said was that Trump couldn't have done more harm on the way out for his legacy in the Republican okay, Party. Okay, I think I did out. read it. You know, there were enough of these columns that they blend together a little bit, but I did. I think sure. I did read it. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I, I, and I, I, I was having those same thoughts as she articulated in the column, and I, like I said, I don't think he could have done more harm had he tried. Interesting. Okay, quite frankly. Yeah. That speech he gave after. You know, where it was kind of going on, the riot and stuff happening and all that. If he'd have given that speech at at the rally and, and rather than, than assaulting and, and uh, you know, uh, chastising Pence, because Pence, Pence couldn't do what he wanted him so, to do. So, there, so he, let's make sure we're, we're clear. There's three speeches. There's the main one, which was at the rally, right. the long one. Right. Then there was the second one, which was during the violence that was taking place. Right. And then the third one was what he put out yesterday. You're saying if he did the I'm second one instead that. of the first one. I'm with you now, right? Yes. Do I have you right? Yes. Okay. I have you right. Yes, okay. because he could have he basically said, hey, they're, they're tr- you know, we got – it's a long shot. We got one last try at this thing. You know, yeah, they stole the election from us, and, and they're in there working hard to try to make it happen. And he could have set it up and used it as a rallying cry for 22 and 24, quite frankly. You know, we're not going to let this happen again. I don't know if we're going to pull this off or not, but it's, it's a long shot. But assaulting Pence was, was ridiculous. And, you know, letting people – I think Crenshaw is the one that put out – you know, the people have, in some sense have been lied to by a lot of Republicans, that this was going to be able to be turned around. And I, I've talked to several people, and they'll say, well, you know, we still got this. I said, it's like, it's like dumb and dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance, you know, one in a million. It's not going to happen. Whether, we, whether they stole it, which I, I'm sure there was a lot of theft and fraud and all that in the, uh, in the irregularities in the election. Biden's going to get inaugurated, and that, that was going to happen after November 3rd, no matter what went on. I'm with Churchill that the chief point of political science is to see things as they really are. Right. And um, I, I, I think putting up false hope is a bad idea. Encouraging false hope is a bad idea. And I think most people that were calling into this show and or I, 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 listeners, what I divined from them and y'all was that um, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look no. p- 
possible to turn this around. I think some people went to her in saying that it was totally doable, and it you know it was a, it was a constantly how do how, what, what's what's the imagery I want here, Mike? Um, a continual falling of dominoes that started with. Right. Started with people saying, well, you have to listen to this retired general who has absolute proof about watermark, you know, and then bit by bit, these things just proved to be clinging on to a increasing uh, uh, an increasingly vanishing thread to the point where someone called in yesterday or the day before, maybe the day before and said this was the day. Wednesday when we were supposed to reveal the whole thing and I said no it wasn't no, no. it ne- you had 12 senators there's 100 senators if you thought 12 were going to reveal the whole it, it was never going to be that day you, sure, I have so, to take a quick I, break you want to hang I have to hit a break real yes, quick okay. yes I will I'll all right hang on. Mike thanks and Rob and Alan don't go away and there's room for more 602-508-0960 we'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, uh, Mike and Scottsdale. Thanks, thanks for waiting. Sure. So, so, so um, we had a bad, bad few months that became increasingly worse. I suppose that's a way to say it when you look at uh, the trajectory that takes us from November third to the losses in Georgia, to the violence in Washington, to the reaction to them. Right. Um, yeah. And sure. And you feel free to say what you wanted to say. I was just going to ask you the the path forward in your in your mind or in your mind's eye. Well, but but, if, but you feel free to go ahead with whatever you wanted. to well, say. Well, so I, I guess so on the path forward here. Here's what really concerns me. I I, I think I'm, I'm very worried about it, quite frankly, because mm-hmm. you talked about, you know, well, we've and, and if you look at the course of the elections and this is the part that a lot of people miss how much of it. The, Federal election. It's controlled and run by the states. So yes, we have right. we have a Republican controlled Senate, House, and Governor here in Arizona. But you know, Bowers and what's her name, Fan. I guess she, they they shut. They didn't do anything. They didn't investigate it. They shut down. Okay, they, they took a week off because Giuliani had COVID or whatever. So they didn't do anything. You look at Georgia. Okay, the, the Republican Secretary of State signed off on Stacey Abrams' plan to, to not even verify signatures on ballots, and so. How are we going to win those elections, no matter who we put up? I mean, you you can't you can say that that Loeffler and maybe even uh, uh, what's his face in Georgia, Purdue, Purdue. Were, were weak candidates. And I think to some extent, McSally was not a strong candidate here. Okay, I agree and, with that. And yeah. so we we've lost we've lost both the seats here. Okay, the Senate's here, mm-hmm. and and so so even if we run, I mean, you I don't think you could find a better candidate than that John James out of Michigan for the Senate. Quite frankly, okay, okay. that's a that's a solid guy, mm-hmm. okay. And he got he got beat by Peters. This have done nothing kind of senator out of Michigan, really. And so my point is that that they're going to do everything they can, like they did before. Now they've got the model. We'll change all the rules. The Republican state control people will fall in line with them for fear of I don't know what. But and so we'll never we're not going to win. Okay, we're not going to win, no matter who we put up. Well, no, well, that's that, that that's that's true, and it's not true in some respects because there were some victories. Uh, there were some surprising Republican victories in California. There were some candidates that did right. I mean, we we did narrow at the congressional well, level. That's yeah, true. Yeah, there yes, were some right. No, at but, the congressional but, level. You know why fair. that was? My theory is on that, sir. 
They didn't need to rig things in California. What did, what did Biden carry? What seventy plus percent or whatever heck it was? They didn't. They didn't need. They didn't need to rig things there. Okay, they're not going to. They're not going to lose a statewide race. The little districts are one thing, and the House. How is about one thing. Proposition Sixteen, where where they where, where where we won by a million votes in turning down racial preferences in California this year? I, I, I understood. Agreed. That's that's great, and and maybe we can take the House in twenty twenty two. But I'm afraid of what's happened is that we've got so much influx into Arizona and other states, into Georgia and Atlanta. Yeah, no, I take the point. I take the point. And so it's going to be it's it's going to be nigh on impossible. Very, very challenging. Let me put it that way. I think it is very challenging. I first of all, I look, I have always thought it's more challenging to be a conservative than a liberal in this country. It's more challenging to be a Republican to the. To, than a Democrat, just given the culture, just given every headline we have to respond to and answer. Absolutely. You know, that's Agreed. always been tough for us. It's now harder. It has. And it's gotten harder. It is. And, it's and got, they've, yeah. you know, and, and quite frankly, and I'm also embarrassed to admit this, but, but taking the, on, the Hillsdale online courses, I've learned so much about the Constitution and the history and stuff that I never got in school. Okay? Well, that's now I'm singing lucky. my song because what I have been saying yes. until I'm blue in the face is that kind of institution needs to be replicated. And at the elementary, secondary, as well as the collegiate level or post-secondary level. Absolutely. And until we it conservatives does. are willing to do that hard work, I know it's hard, this is what we're going to face, uphill battles against a culture that doesn't want us to exist for an awfully long time. They've been at it for well over 100 years, okay? They have, okay, in terms of the progressives and the left. And so to that end, we ran two conservative, because uh, you're always talking, and I agree, with, you know, run for local school board, yeah. those kind of things, yeah. and, I, and yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. We ran two conservatives here in Scottsdale, and they lost. It didn't matter. They lost. And so I'm, I'm retired. My kids are, but my grandkids are now in this system. So I'm participating in the parent council stuff. And I've been involved in workshops online, these Zoom calls they have on the, on the critical race stuff. And you can't believe, and I'm going you know, to say stupid, but maybe that's a little harsh, but how stupid some of these parents are that are on these calls, and they listen to this stuff, and I put stuff out on the chat there, and, and they come back and say, what are you talking about? It's like, dude, pay attention. I understand, that, I understand the point. I do. I do. It's, it's, so, it's so hard because, you know, like my son and his wife and, and you know, they all they, – those parents, okay, I get it. They work. So I've been writing up literally summaries of all that stuff for these workshops, and I've been – Sending them out, and they've been passing it out to their friends to try to get them educated as to what's going on in the school. Sure, and it's you know it's it's just so it's so frightening, and I you know I'm so nervous about my grandkids and, and uh, you know, I t- I take the point, Mike, and God love you and God bless you. I do take the point. I I I don't think though, and I don't think you're counseling this. I just don't want anyone to take it this way. If 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 they do, resignation is not the right counsel oh, here. No. You know, we have a long, long, long view of, of some history here. It sounds like you're a little more experienced than I am or a little maybe have a little bit more history than I do. But long view here, my memory is every time we've lost the White House, we feel this way. And I remember particularly when Obama won most recently, last time we lost the White House and. I was at a conference in Florida. It was Republican governors, maybe it was. How sad people were about everything. 
And um, Haley Barber got up, former head of the RNC at one point, and he said, you guys just don't remember how bad it used to be. He goes, when... When 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 Nixon left after the 74 and 76 losses, there was a serious effort to rename the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. There was a serious thought and move to to change the brand entirely from the name on. He goes. So we we have been we have been in these places somewhat, Mike, before with arguably less less against us. Social media and the main media wasn't as bad as it is now. But. You know, I suppose the only thing I can say is for those of us that have retreated from schools and shrugging our shoulders about what's going on there or shrugging our shoulders about, you know, what's going on in our publicly uh, publicly um, uh, paid for universities and shrugging our shoulders about what's going on in our publicly funded museums and other institutions. How's that worked out for us? Not well. Not well. Not at all. Not well. Not at all. Right, right. So the council, sounds like you and I agree on most, but, you know, the only thing I I won't have um, a lot of patience for is the notion that what we can't do anything because indolence is not our savior here. It's not our savior. Let me, um, as we go to break, put in a word for my favorite product, Balance of Nature. Tens of thousands of vital nutrients from 100% whole food plants in one daily dose. You take it in the morning, you are good to go. I take it every day, have been for over a year, haven't gotten sick. I love this product. And they have 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies with free shipping. Check them out at balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Got a bunch of you. We'll get to all of you, so stay with it. Uh, please uh, stay. We'll, uh, even after the top of the hour, we'll get right back to you. Mike is in Phoenix. Hello, Mike. Hello. Hi. Yes. Um, I wanted to chat with you for just a second. I've emailed you two or three times, and this is the first time I've actually called in, but I started listening to you when you were on from 10 to midnight and uh, kind of got sold on you. And as far as I'm concerned, you're one of the most intelligent uh, talk show hosts that I think are on the air today. You well, you're very kind there. to say that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, you, you think out uh, what's going on and you have some logical conclusions. And um, most of them aren't just uh, shooting from the hip like they're not open to do. But... But my thought is, I've, I've been an absolute, I've been to a couple of the Trump rallies and all that kind of stuff, and the Trump parades here and things. And, and um, I think you've got about 75 million plus people in this country that are not interested in the Republican Party. They, they went through uh, 16 of them on the, uh, uh, on the debates last year, and they threw everyone out except the guy that was on the outside. And I think if the Republicans are going to be successful in four years, uh, they're going to have to do pick the same type of a person. 
They're not going to be able to pick uh, uh, these guys like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. They're great. They're statesmen. They're uh, everything they're supposed to be. But they're not what the people are looking for. Do you have That's someone in mind? Uh, I have a couple, and a lot of people would probably not agree with it's me. It's okay. I I, I, I'm just curious because we got to be looking for them and looking at them, so throw them out there. I think it, I think the person that's going to stand out is going to have a Trump name. Okay. I think I think it's going to be Donald Trump Jr. Okay. I don't think Eric is capable of it. I don't think Ivanka wants it. Okay. Um, but I think he could do it. I think he could rally those people, if not more. And uh, uh, he would be shunned by everybody that currently works in Washington, <laughs> but I think he would not be shunned by the people that vote. I, I, you make an interesting point about people, 70 plus million people probably don't care about the Republican Party. I think I agree with you um, that they care more about the candidate than the party itself. The vehicle probably still has to remain. So it's a question of what Republicans will rally for. The country is when when Abraham Lincoln said it, it was a country that was a house divided between Republicans and Democrats. I think the house divided right now is between Republicans and Republicans. And uh, maybe we come back and examine that a little bit on the other side of this break. Uh, And feel free to call in, folks. 602-5080-960. Be right back.